Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Coming Next on Scenes podcast. I am so excited to have you back. I know we took a week off hiatus, um, but we are back and stronger and have an exciting, exciting guest today. So, um, of course, you know, I want to open up the show with a marketing tip, self-care, and then I'm so excited to introduce you to our awesome guest today. So marketing tip of the day, um, I think I talked about this. Well, first of all, if you're not a member of my free Facebook group, definitely stop over at Jackie's Zook community on Facebook. I give marketing tips free every week for my YouTube channel. And once a month on Sundays, I go live and I answer your questions live. Um, and I'm pretty fast responding, you know, when people have questions. So definitely feel free to hop on over there. And I look forward to seeing you there. Um, so the topic I want to talk about today is really resharing the power of resharing content. Um, I was talking about this with a awesome client copywriter, Judy 411, um, yesterday, and, um, I'm so excited to bring her on for some future stuff. But that aside, we were talking about the power of evergreen content and resharing and repurposing content. So, um, the thing is, is there is content never gets old, right? And I think this is so relative to the guests I'm going to have on today. We're totally going to talk about this. I'm going to ask her because she is an advice columnist and a confidence coach. Um, so, and I'm sure many of you have heard of her. If not, you definitely need to follow her. So before I tease into that any further, um, the power of resharing content is really, really important. And also to tag people when you reshare because tagging people when you reshare allows things to go to a viral capacity and it's also cross-promoting. It gets you found in more areas and all the things. So really think about how much stuff you have put out there. And if you can repurpose it, there is always stuff to be repurposed, reused. A lot of stuff doesn't get old um, and things are on the internet forever, right? So sometimes it's even great to reminisce. Oh, look at my article from like five years ago. My first article when I started my blog, like I'm sure a ton of people would be interested in reading that. Like from then to now, good for you, right? So, um, yes, I wanted to talk about the power of resharing content. Definitely, definitely do that this week, if not going forward. And if you're doing it good for you, doesn't mean you have to do it all the time, but like, why not? Um, I'm trying to get better with that myself. So I always like to say things from experience of the power of reshare. So definitely reshare content. Um, and this means not only for social media, it could be on your website. It could be in emails. It could be multiple places. So just wanted to share that with you today. Um, manifestation, self-care tip. I am obsessed with every morning writing five things I'm grateful for and every night writing five things I'm grateful for. I feel like it sets me up for success for the day and, um, it's just a really powerful tool. So just do it. You're going to feel so much lighter. You're going to feel like you can do so much good and, um, it just makes you feel good. And in a time when we don't have a lot of control, of our outside, but we can control what's going on within, take control of that and feel as good as you can and give back, right? So give back to yourself, give back to yourself and acknowledge the power of being within. Feels very powerful that I said that, but it's true. 
I found that I'm becoming like very spiritual within. So I wanted to share that. So who is my amazing guest today? So excited. Um, I actually recently took one of her programs, um, Five Minutes to Famous, Susie Moore. She's an advice columnist. She's a confidence coach. She is one amazing rock star. And um, she's not a publicist, but she now teaches you that you don't always have to hire a publicist to get in the media, which I loved because as you know, as many people say that I'm a PR, girl but I'm very like modern day PR like I really reach out to media outlets through social media and um I was just a promoter you know growing up I used to promote nightclubs in the city in New York and that was my thing so I was like a very different form of PR like probably more old school and now I've made it I've combined it old school PR and new school PR and now I make it more like 21st century social media getting yourself out there, right? And that's what I think Susie's all about too, which I'm so excited to um, have her on and have her share her amazing knowledge. She also recently wrote a book, which we are so excited to talk about too. So um, just so excited to have her. So I can't wait for you guys to learn about this amazing rock star and stay tuned for the amazing Susie Moore. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. All right, everybody. I officially have the amazing Susie Moore, advice columnist, confidence coach, and an author, newest author. Hi, Susie. How are you today? Jackie, I'm thrilled to be chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Oh my God. Same. You are such a ball of light. And I, like you and I were even just chatting, like I just finished your course, Five Minutes to Fame, and it was fantastic. So um, just wanted to plug that too. So you're amazing. So thank you for making the time today. So tell us all about, you know. I love love talking to people just like you about all the topics. So how long have you got? Oh my God. Plenty of time for you. Plenty of time. Right. <laughs> so tell me all about like, and my audience, first of all, who doesn't know who you are, like, tell us about your background because you worked in corporate before you really started to break off on your own. Oh yes. I am a corporate or a former suit wearing business card carrying <laughs> woman. I worked in tech. It was uh, yeah, very male. And I loved it. I thought that, you know, having a corporate career, I know a lot of people want out, and I absolutely support it when they do. But I also think that there are other parts to having, you know, a full-time job and the advantages that come with it, all the skills that you get to learn. Right. And when I worked in tech, you know, over 10 years, I, I remember always having this restlessness to kind of want to get out and be on my own. But now, if I kind of re- would rewind, I would maybe just enjoy it more, know that it would be coming to a natural end at some point, and frankly, take advantage of all the opportunities that you get to meet people, to pick up new skills, to learn new things, to kind of understand how business works. Because uh, I feel like the, the background that I had really set me up to transition myself for myself, specifically working with tech startups. So yeah, a corporate background, which also teaches you, you know, I think, how to work hard, right? right. You travel a lot, you often... Um, 
you work on different projects with different personalities. So it's lots of skills that you can really, I think, kind of master and bring with you wherever you go. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And obviously, I mean, so what was, so now you became this writer and then you broke off and started your own business. So what was your first article you ever wrote and what gave you the guts to be like, I'm just gonna, you know, submit this to all these different publications online. Like I just loved that so much. (laughs) Oh yeah. So (laughs) bored in my cubicle. Haven't we all been there? I mean, seriously, I remember like whenever after lunch was finished, I'd always be like, how am I going to make it? And I'd always eat lunch really early. So it'd be like 12, 15 when I was finished. And I'd be like, how am I going to make it through to five, you know? And so I would bop around, chat to people. And then I'd read websites. I love Mind Body Green. It's still a site that I love. I used to read it at my desk. And as I was, you know, kind of perusing the site, you know, they spoke about confidence, about productivity, about forgiveness, all this kind of content, this stuff that I, I believe that I knew about too. And I thought, well, you know, why can't I just join the conversation? Maybe I could submit. Maybe I could be part of the mind, body, green kind of cool content, thinking it probably won't happen, but who really knows? What have I got to lose? Right. And right. After reading it, yeah, perusing it, kind of getting to know, you know, the type of stuff that they uh, that they liked and what was popular, I, one day when I was waiting for my friend at a bar in the meatpacking district, she was late and I'm early. Anyone who's early and very punctual steals me on this, right? We're always waiting for everybody else, which is fun. Um, I decided just to submit. I just put together like five or 600 words, submitted it to Mind Body Green. And within two weeks, it was live. I had an author page and nearly 4,000 shares on my very first piece. Freaking amazing. And then I realized, because I was a side hustler. Yeah, as a side hustler back then, I'm like, this is how I'm going to grow my business. This is how I'm going to get, like, nonstop clients. And this is going to be a really fun journey, too. So was there somebody that like you admire that was kind of doing that? Like, I feel like it's just, especially when you started doing it, it was never like as big of a thing, I guess, as, as you're teaching now, like more and more people are doing it. So what gave you like that courage to be like, I'm just going to try this. It's working for this person or. Yeah, I think there wasn't anyone who I saw doing it, but I did notice that authors, I remember at the time Gretchen Rubin's book, uh, The Happiness, uh, what was it called? The Happiness Year, The Year of Happiness or something like that. I, I'd recently read that book and I saw that she was quoted a lot and excerpts of that book were featured in different media. And I was like, hmm, I, I, I like her, I like her stuff, I know her now. Um, but I just thought, yes, like I, I saw the type of content that was available and how the, like the media was selling her book and it was getting out her message of how to create happiness at home. And so I think that she was a bit of an example for me at the time. But, I mean, I think this is still the most underutilized strategy. for Totally. I mean, you get so many benefits from it. Yeah. It's not just the email subscribers and the great ego boost you get when you're in fresh media, but you get so much authority. It's how you establish yourself as an expert. And I also think it opens like a door to meeting a lot of people and just making a lot of kind of great connections in different ways. No, it's so true. And I mean, it's just so cool to see how much you've grown, like from like where you started, like, and then all the media credentials you've gotten, you know, like congrats, like that's so exciting. Like I love self-made people. I really embrace that. So awesome. So where you, I always think, I always, I always like to see if somebody's figured something out, right. 
And I still, I feel like I'm still figuring it out. I feel like I'm learning all the time all the additional benefits that you get and new ways to use it and new ways to pitch. But I feel as if, you know, if there's something that you've learned that's helpful, it's almost your obligation to share it. So true. So I feel like, yes, like, and if you have a voice, if you have something that you want to say and you just want to give it a microphone, I, I also love, love, love bloggers. I have a lot of bloggers in my world. But you can post it and go to a platform that's spent, you know, in some cases, a hundred years or more and hundreds of millions being built, like building a brand, you can just leverage that credibility immediately. What great advice. Love that. Thank you for sharing. So you have zero formal education after high school. So this is like so impressive. And then you fell into this tech startup. So like when, where do you reside by the way? Cause you've lived in five countries. So tell us a little bit too about like where you, where were you living when you launched your own business? Yes, I've been around, I like to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I grew up in the UK. I lived in Australia, and I've been in the US. It's my 11th year, so that's why I have three accents. I love (laughs) it. That's fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Um, We were in New York until last year, and now we're in Miami. Love it. I started my um, side hustle as a coach for my kitchen table at my apartment in New York. Uh, When I was 29, it was before I turned 30, I'm 36 now. And, I mean, it feels like it's a long time and a short time at once. Uh, but I think it's great to, I mean, if you feel called, right, a lot of people, are, if you're a foreigner and, you know, people ask a lot of questions about moving, right, if you feel called to move, I think it's a really good thing to do because why not, first of all, right? I think it really contributes to a very rich and varied life experience. And you can always kind of move back, right? I think change is very healthy. You learn a lot about yourself. You see the world in a new kind of fresh way whenever you make a decision to go anywhere else. And I feel like it's just kind of fun. It is. But it changes up everything. Up, right? All Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, like, the dynamic, your atmosphere is different. It just gives you almost more creativity, I feel like, right? Yes. And one thing that and I, I talk about this in my book is, you know, the life that you're living now, like whatever, like whatever career you have, whatever friends you have, whatever foods you eat, however you spend your money, like all the things, right? It's only one version of your life. Mm-hmm. Like it's only one potential version, right? There are endless versions. You could start a new career. You could completely have a, a You could spend all of your time vacationing in new places, move to a new city. Like it's, it's incredible how much you know, power and control we have over our lives that sometimes we think that we don't. Right. You know, we think, oh, no, I've got to live where my parents live. I've got to live where my, like, my, my best friend lives. Or I've got to live, um, you know, I don't want to be too far from my ex in case we get back together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's very easy to think that you're stuck, right? But really, it's very important to question, like, question the beliefs that you have, question what you believe to be true. Reality is such an interpretation. And to be open to thinking, you know, looking around at your life, truly doing this with a very, you know, objective mind, looking at your life, looking at where you live, looking at how you spend your time, looking at the work that you do, even looking at the clothes you wear, like getting to this level, and then thinking, how much of this was my idea? Such an interesting analogy. That is a really good point. Yeah. Like, when you think about it, it's so easy to be like, well, I come from a military family, or I come from a family of lawyers. That's why I'm in the military, why I'm a lawyer. I live here because this is where I grew up, right? Or I wear these clothes because kind of this is what people um, in my circle kind of wear. We Mm -hmm. all kind of look similar, right? Whatever it may be. And the thing is, you get to choose all of those things. 
right? But sometimes we're not even aware. We're not even aware of all the choices and the options that we have and the complete freedom that we have. Right. And so if there's something that's not satisfying you, you're able to change it. I love it. You're just, you're setting the example for all of us. It's amazing. <laughs> I tell you, moving to Miami is not a popular choice amongst my New York friends, but now they're like, oh my gosh, we want to come to Miami as soon as we're allowed. Oh my God, I'm sure. Cause in the winters, it's like freezing in New York. <laughs> you're talking to a fellow New Yorker originally too. I get it. I totally get that. So yes. fun. So fun. Yeah. And it's interesting that there are so many New Yorkers living here now. It's pretty cool. I know. I can't blame you all. You guys made the right decision. It's warm all year down there. <laughs> so funny. Well, the right decision for right now. Remember, most things are Good point. Too, so you can just keep doing what feels right. Right. Very good point. So tell us about like, well, obviously we could talk about five minutes to famous, but I also want to talk about your book. Stop checking your likes because I, half of my business is social media. So I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait for Susie to talk about this. So tell everybody, tell my audience about your book and also, you know, like what you want your readers to get away with from reading it. Yes. Well, of course, you know, it's called Stop Checking Your Likes, but it's not a social media book. Of course, I speak about social media in it, but I feel like social media has just kind of amplified and made public and made 24-7 so much what it is that we already fear, right? So much of, um, like, comparison with other people isn't new. Like, our parents did this, our parents, parents did it, but... I think that, you know, now we can see exactly who likes what. Do people like what I'm eating? Do they like what I'm saying? Do they like how I'm living my life? And we have access to this constant external feedback, which can be fun and interesting if it's healthy for you. But in a lot of ways, it's like it it isn't, right? It's kind of making us sad and it's making us feel less connected. Totally. And And comparing. A lot of comparison, right? a lot of comparisons. Mm-hmm. We're not comparing equal things, right. which is the problem, right? We're seeing like a little window, like a 5% window in somebody's life, uh, and it's the best 5% in most cases. And then we're like, oh my gosh, like if you looked at me right now, if I turn my computer screen around, my friend around, just see like a messy kitchen, just had a fight <laughs> with my husband, oh my gosh, tax returns. Like, you know, I think it's, it's so important to have perspective with social media. Uh, and But also, you know, in life right totally and to think yeah whoever you're looking up to or admiring or revering in a lot of cases we're overestimating other people and completely underestimating ourselves Mm -hmm. because we don't know their full story we only know our full story including all of the ugly parts which we all have Uh, and then it's so easy to think like we're not measuring up or life is so easy or someone else is so capable or they're you know things flow easily to them and they're in the know and we feel like we're just figuring it out when everybody is just figuring it out all All the time exactly it's so true all the time and that's it and they have a tolerance I mean the way that I describe confidence in my book I put it very simply I say you know Confidence is simply the willingness to experience negative feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Negative emotion, like being shut down, being wrong, being rejected, whatever it is. The confident people who are the most successful in the end are simply more willing to go there. Right. To have someone say no, to have something fail, and just kind of keep at it, like to, to keep going. And when you think about it, like that's really a decision that you get to make. So true. I have a, like a vulnerable question to ask you. What was one of your like most teachable moments? What at, like being like a business owner, or even as a writer? Oh, so as a business owner or a writer, what was like a big learning for me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I, I have these moments all the time. I'm sure it could be a recent right, like, one. <laughs> like, so whatever you yeah, want to do. Is, like, 
Yeah, I think the learning is constant, but I feel, yeah, I feel as if one big learning for me that I acquired over time was just speaking to confidence, I guess, you know, the willingness to say what I really feel versus always like buffering it mm-hmm. or softening it. So I used to always say, when I read some of my really old articles, I'd say, it might be possible to think that. Right, I, I don't know, whatever the sentence is. It might be possible to think that it's hard to be assertive. Now I just say it's hard to be assertive. Right. So I feel like I used to buffer, soften, just in case someone didn't like it. And I would kind of um, soften my story, soften my position. And I feel like, first of all, it's not exciting or interesting to read. But also it's okay. Like, it's okay to say what you feel. Right, to say what you feel from your heart okay for me to also lean into my own judgment and I think this takes time and I don't think you can get straight to it like mm-hmm. I don't think you can get there I think it takes a bit of a path like some steps uh, you get more and more confident with time but yeah I think that that's something that I encourage people in their storytelling it's like you don't have to have all this uh, like uh, safety casing you know or warming up I always say, like, get to the point and then make it juicy. Right, right. And you know what I loved the other day when I was on your group call? You were like, you know what? I embrace the trolls. The trolls on social media are people that don't like what you have to say. Like, let it be because who cares? Like, that's a, that's just like, that shows that you're growing. It shows that, you know, you're making a point and of opinion and you're showing value. So I just really loved that you shared that. I thought that was really powerful. Yes, and one of... I like to do is I don't delete the mean comments I get. Right. Like I leave them. I let them live. And I think that that's important for reasons. First of all, everyone's allowed to have their say. Right. It can't just be me that speaks. Right. And no one can say anything after that. Right. (laughs) And then, (laughs) right. It's not just like this autocracy if you're a creator. It's like, no, I get to speak and then you get to speak. Like, and then I can engage if I want. Right. Uh And then um, secondly, I want other people to see my criticism. So when they get criticism, they feel better. I love that. It's so true. Book, I actually, yeah, I mean, in my book, I actually have a full page just where I can literally, like, literally copy-pasted, like, hate messages that I've gotten. Oh, my God. That my husband's gotten because I've written about him, like, mean, ugly stuff. I don't even want to say the words in your lovely podcast, but it's in the book. <laughs> and I just, I just copy-pasted the comments because I want, because sometimes I think, you know, there are people who just delete the comments and they want to look nice, nice, and I get it, right? But... Uh, if I saw more evidence of people in my field leaving, you know, um, troll comments up, I would have felt better when I got them because I thought I was the only one. Right. Sometimes you think we're doing it wrong. We're the only one. Everyone else is getting it right. And it's simply not true. I mean, I love what Seth Godin said. He said, in order to be remarkable, you need to be remarked upon. I love that. What a great quote. I know. Go Seth. Like, I love this man. But it's, you kind of also... When you think about it, like if you want to have influence or if you want to be visible, if you want to share a message, that doesn't come risk-free. Right. Right? Like you want to take the rough with the smooth in, in life. It's true. And I think you need to be willing to, to kind of experience it all. And it's funny, actually, I share in my book too, that once I introduced Chris Jenner from Marie Claire, and when she tweeted the article, her team tweeted the article of, of our interview, uh, they tagged Marie Claire and they tagged me as a journalist. And even though I'm not a journalist, you know, that's um, a reference of one. And uh, I saw all the replies that she got. Oh and it was ugly. I, I mean, I'm, I was so shocked. Like, Jackie, 
they were saying about like death threats to her grandchildren. Oh my I mean, God. Uh, saying that her daughters um, should do things with pigs. Like, I mean, the whole thing was so ugly. But that also oddly really helped me by reading it because I'm like, do you think Christiana's reading these? Definitely like, not. It's so they, true. She doesn't, she doesn't, <laughs> she's not reading them. She's definitely not responding to them. She doesn't even know about them. She probably doesn't even remember our interview at this point. You know, because she's busy. Right. And so I just remember, like, getting some peace from that, which is why now I will leave up whatever ugly thing um, somebody has to say about me. If it's referencing somebody else, I'll take it down. But if it's referencing me, it's okay. I just think that's, like, so powerful to share because I think especially in today's world now with everything, especially with COVID, like, being online, it's like you just it, – it is what it is, right? I mean, like – just embrace it yeah. and take it as like a lesson and it, who cares? Who cares? It doesn't define you, yeah. right? And I feel like we, yeah, and yeah, exactly. We're all just like doing our best. Nobody's perfect. Like, right. No article is perfect. No statement, no nothing. But like if your intention is good, then I think that's all you can, all you can manage. It's so true. And that ties into your program. So tell my amazing audience about your awesome Five Minutes to Famous program. Yes. It, oh my gosh, it's my favorite. One of the struggles that people have, you know, when they are growing their business, when they're starting their business, it's, you know, how are people going to find out about me in a way that's not going to be really expensive or in a way that's going to not require me to figure out, you know, a sophisticated ad system or, you know, whatever it may be, or, or um, make affiliate relationships. And the media, oh, I love this. Like, the media needs content from regular people, right? Just like you and me. Remember, no qualifications over here. I'm so vocal about that. I cannot say it enough. Uh, because we often think, um, oh, no, when I get my accreditation or when I finish this or once I've been five years in my business like, or, or whatever it may be, my very first piece went live when I still had another job. I didn't – oh, I still had my full-time job. I didn't have a website. I didn't even have a Facebook business page. I only had a Twitter account. So if you have a Twitter account <laughs> and something to say – that's enough. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing the value of Twitter. Because everybody always asks, like, is Twitter really valuable? And I was like, yes. Like, just be there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I see actually pictures accepted on Twitter. It's really awesome. But all you need is something valuable to say that could help somebody else, right? It can either connect with someone, comfort them, entertain them. It doesn't have to be the super profound thing or super original. But if you've got a great tip, a story, a piece of advice, something funny to share, like whatever it is, like there is an audience for that and the media needs content. It, what, it's what makes the media survive. One of my, two of my closest friends are editors now and they have to get 10 pieces live a day. Wow. A day to hit their traffic goals. So I feel like it's a really great value exchange if I get to submit one. I get you know, an awesome piece of exposure, right, out there. Win-win I, for I, everybody, I, right. Yes, and they're, they're grateful because they need the content. So that's how I think about it. And I think that's a real mind shift, too, that we work in in the group to go from, like, I don't want to bother anyone. I don't know where to begin. The media's big and fancy and important. The media needs us. Mm -hmm. Like, the media needs us, regular stories from people like us. And it's a generous thing for you to show up. Great insight. And everybody needs to check this out. So how can they tell everybody how they can also access the course? I mean, obviously, I found it on Facebook ads. So obviously, I'm assuming that if you targeted me, you'll target my audience. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm sure, yes. Where, I mean, they can probably access it on your website, right? Yeah, you can head to my site, suzy-more.com. And there's also just a great free workshop, which you can attend, which is uh, getrockstarpr.com. Love it. 
So awesome. Okay, let's talk about fun. Like, even though your career is freaking awesome and I'm having so much fun, I want to talk about fun facts and game time with Susie Moore. So (laughs) let's talk about, um, first of all, a fun fact that Cindy Crawford undressed you. Let's share the story with me. (laughs) I want to hear it and I want my audience to hear it. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yes. So it was my birthday. My birthday is January 2nd. I'm in Miami. As a lot of you know, Miami is a real hot spot, right? During kind of Christmas the year because it's nice and warm down here. And my husband and four of my best friends were out to dinner. And I saw Pharrell. Pharrell was at a table, you know, not far from me. And I was like, as soon as Pharrell goes to the bathroom, I'm going to get up and go to the bathroom. (laughs) Right, that was my goal. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to bring my phone. I'm going to get a picture with Pharrell. That was my goal. He didn't go to the bathroom, and him and his whole family went and, like, left at the same time. Oh, shoot. So I was still, but I caught it and I ran to still get him <laughs> at the, like, as I saw him leaving. And I was like, oh, man, I missed him. Him and his family were getting into an elevator. So I was like, oh, well, well while I'm up, I may as well use the bathroom. And my friend Melissa Griffith, you may know, was with me. And normally she was undoing me because I was wearing a jumpsuit. Uh, normally she was undoing me each time because, you know, a jumpsuit, so, like, it's a whole... Um, right, it's a full body <laughs> procedure, right? <laughs> yes, it is. To ask her because I was stalking Pharrell, I was like, Oh, I'm up, maybe we'll go to the bathroom, we have to figure this out. And waiting outside the bathroom with her husband was Cindy Crawford. Oh my god, so cool! And, uh, but I said to her, Could you please undo my jumpsuit? Like, no, she did. She, and what was her reaction? I need to hear everything. Tell, oh my gosh, she was so nice. Jackie, she was like, Girl, I've got you. She unzipped me, I like it was unfun, uncast. And her husband said, oh, man, I have to do this to Cindy all the time. <laughs> and then, and then as I headed in, she said, oh, and if I'm still here, she was waiting for a call. She said, if I'm still here, um, when you get out, I'll also do you back up. Oh, my God. So that's love. Nice. That's amazing. I know. <laughs> I'm like, Cindy, I love you. I already love you. Um, but by the time I came out, I rushed. She was gone. Her and her husband got, I think, in their Uber. So um, I was just like, if you ha- if Cindy Crawford hasn't undressed you, have you lived? Right. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my God. Thank you for that awesome share. Who would you say is somebody on your radar um, that you haven't met yet that you would like to spend yeah. a day with? I'm really into Joe Dispenza at the moment. Love that. I really like his. Yeah, I, I just finished his book. I think that his work is fascinating, very scientific, and he's someone that I'm thinking about a lot lately. Freaking awesome. Such a great choice. Um, if you could wear one outfit for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? <gasps> My Cindy Crawford jumpsuit. I love it. <laughs> great choice. Great choice. <laughs> Oh my God, you're so funny. I love it. So what color was this jumpsuit? Like describe it to my audience and myself. What did it look like? So that Cindy Crawford saw, we all need to picture this. Cindy, come back to me. It's a, it, it's a black with frill, like with like frills around the shoulders and frills around the lower back. So cute. Do you think you'd wear the yeah. same shoes for the rest of your life with that outfit or would you pick a different pair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I'm not a sweats person. I know everyone's talking about sweats and co, but it's kind of not my thing. I don't really, I don't like them so much. I'd rather see my pajamas. Whatever. 
listen to each their own i think jumpsuits i have to agree with you that jumpsuits is by far one of my favorite outfits to wear they're comfortable it's like a one-stop shop basically you're in and you're you have an outfit I love that. Great choice. And I'm petite. I'm short too. So I totally get that. Like yeah. curvy and shorter and yeah, totally couldn't agree more. Okay. So you're like well, very well versed traveled, but where is one destination you haven't been that's on your bucket list? Speaking about going to Mumbai since it opened a house there, it looked really lovely. Cool, very different. Is there any Rare. particular reason? It would just be so different and beautiful and rich in history. And, um, like, I think it's really good to, to go to a place that's unlike any other place you've ever been. So right? cool. And, like, Indian culture is so gorgeous and special. And I, I would just be fascinated to see what it was like there. I feel like I would be, too. That's so interesting. So where out of all the places uh, you've traveled to? Oh, you've got to get all the shots. Oh, all the shots? Yeah. I forgot you have to do that. Well, how many do you have to get? Do you know? Four or five, depending on where you go. But I don't know. I think it's like it's, it's just worth it. And you also kind of want to go the right season because apparently, um, like the weather is important. If, you, if there's certain things that you want to see, so I think it's, I think it's worth the research because it sounds so gorgeous. It does. You kind of inspired me, like <laughs> outside of my comfort. <laughs> I love that. What is it by flight? Like how many hours is that? I don't know, but I think it's a couple of flights. It's a couple of flights, and it's long. Yeah. I mean, we were just in Australia. My husband's Australian. We were just in Australia in February for a wedding, and it was like 28 hours altogether. Oh, my God. Far. So but listen, if you can do that, yeah, if you guys can do that, you're all set to go to Mumbai. You'll be totally fine. <laughs> so cool. All right, so to close out our um, podcast, you're so fantastic. Thank you again so much for making the time. Tell us, um, I'm trying to think of an out-of-the-box question. What was one of your most memorable articles you ever wrote, and who was it about? It could be an interview. It could be somebody that you admired, any of the things. Uh, One of my favorites, because I think she was so honest and she's so real, was Sarah Blakely. Oh my God, fun! Yeah, she's so real and um, funny, and she used to be a stand-up comedian. I didn't know that until I spoke to her, and I just feel like she is the she really embodies confidence because confidence is humble, right? It's not about like being showy or braggy, but it really is being like the fullest version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And she is not apologetic, right? She knows who she is. She knows she's obviously very successful, but she's also just very real and willing to learn and. Like, I feel like outwardly very, very humble, inwardly very certain of herself. But I think that that was, I think that it's just very elegant. Yeah, it is. I think the way you describe confidence too was such a great description. Because I think people just, people think of confidence in many different ways, but it really is about being like humble to your core. I totally agree with you on that. So yeah, awesome. Exactly. And then, and, and then, you know, frankly, when I interviewed her, like, she's like, she's so willing to fail, so willing to be wrong. Like, so willing to learn from other people. I think that is such a good quality, a very successful person's quality. I totally agree. And my final, I forgot to ask you this question. So what is next for Susie Moore? You are doing so many things. Like what can we figure, like obviously outside of your course and promoting your book, like what do you want to do next? Uh, 
you know, I'm already thinking about my next book. I love it. If you ever, whenever you have, like, speak to an author, like, a, a secret, a hidden secret that every author has, I think, <laughs> is uh, your publisher has to take your manuscript from, like, your desk rip, right? It never feels like it's finished. As soon as you submit, like, your, your manuscript, your, like, your book is complete, you always think, oh, I want, I, there's more I wanted to say. I want to elaborate on that. And then you have readers who give you feedback and they have questions. And I feel like there's so much more to confidence and so much more to living this approval free life. And I just, I want to explore that more and more because that is where I feel like a real appetite is. Because we know that freedom is our birthright at our core and we want to know how to access it and quickly. I love that. And it's so relative to everything we've been going through the past couple months, right? So by the time you launch yeah. it, it will continue yeah. to be even more relevant. So I love that. I think that's awesome. So Susie, you're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you again. You're so awesome. Can you tell my audience how they can follow you on social media? And also, again, tell us your website. Yes, yeah, so susie-more.com, S-U-S-I-E-M-O-O-R-E.com. Uh, I'm on YouTube and Instagram, probably the most actively. And yeah, my book is Stop Checking Your Likes. It's available everywhere books are sold. Love it. Thank you so much, Jackie. Oh my God, Susie, thank you. Everybody definitely follow this rock star. Take her course. It is so good. Buy her book. Do all the things. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in to Becoming Next on Scene. And stay tuned for who's next on scene. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene.